Proverbs 27. We will continue in the next two verses, 5 and 6. Let's read 27, 5 and 6 together. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Now, if I were to ask you, if there is something that you desire very much in your life, whether it's something you want to buy, something that you need, or even some maybe skills that you want to develop, how do you make decisions? How do you come to a conclusion which would you choose to have? To focus on? Well, I think for most of us, it's generally quite straightforward. We will evaluate and we will make comparisons, right? So, say you want to buy something to be used for the home, for school, you won't just, well, just simply pick up one thing and just pay for it. You would think, well, if I'm going to have this, I want to know that it is it's going to serve its purpose well, um, it's going to be effective for me. And then you will, well, even for the adults, you do some research. You make comparisons. You don't just take one without evaluating others. You make comparisons. Different products, you look at it, you look at the details. Now at the end of it, what would you do? So after you say, well, I want to be trained in certain sports well, or certain musical instrument, you will read who are the teachers out there. Then you compare, you ask people, right? Then, so the first thing is we will make comparisons, make comparisons. And after comparisons, the natural step to do next will be, you have to make a choice. And how would you choose? Well, the criteria is as long as you can afford it. You would choose that which is going to be the best, the most effective, all right? So you compare and you choose. Choose the best. We will choose what will help us improve the most. You may, have, you may be at a certain stage and you say, I need someone, I need something that is more effective than this. I, need to, I want to grow to the next level of my skills. I want to get to the next level of using certain equipment, buy a better one, right? Now this is, is this so as well in the spiritual realm in our spiritual life? If I were to ask you, do you want to grow? You say, yes, of course, Pastor, that is why I took leave, brought my family, singles. I make sure that I block out my leave every year, I'm here. Yes, I want to grow. Now, how much, how seriously do you really want to grow? Just like when you're looking for something, how seriously you will compare, how carefully you will think, in making that decision, the final decision. It also depends on how serious are you about that. Some things say, ah, this, uh, this will do, right? But some things say, well, this is important to my life. I really want this very much. You are a lot more serious in how you evaluate and how you make your final choice. Do you really, really mean it when you say, I want to grow, Lord? Well, if you want to grow, then take heed to what the Lord says in Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. You see, God says here, open rebuke is better than secret love. Better. There is a comparison. Something is better than another. Now, after making that comparison, now God also says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the cases of an enemy are deceitful. You have to think, then you say, now I have to choose. I have to choose. Last yesterday morning, we learned about detrimental emotions that can affect 
our spiritual life on earth, our spiritual usefulness to God, detrimental emotions that can affect that. Today, God willing, may He help us to then realize what are detrimental things we need to avoid. Now, what are the beneficial, beneficial choices we need to make? What to avoid and now what to choose? What to choose? In this comparison, how seriously we will take it, how willing we are to then make that choice, whatever it may cost us, depends on how much we really, really want to grow. You know, just like any sports person, if you want to improve to the next level, you know, you know that you need to now really think about the new coach. Many of these world-famous athletes, they are already very good at the top of their game. They will continue to look for new coaches that will now fix areas that they feel they are not perfect enough yet. They are not good enough yet. They know inside them there are certain weaknesses. They are not content. Right? Although they are already at the top of their game, they are not satisfied. They will look, look, make comparisons, then they say, I'll go for this one. But the point is this. You see, if you want to grow spiritually, very often you have to accept or make comparisons that accept choices that may not be very pleasant. Because growth usually is associated, or pain is usually associated with growth. There will be pain involved. But again, many of these people, they are very good. I remember reading this sportsman. He was already world famous, you know, um, at the top. Yet he changed coach. And then when he changed coach, he said, you know, I've, I felt like I was right at the beginner stage all over again. It was very painful, very humbling, very difficult. But he says, because I want to grow to the, a higher level, not in comparison to other sports people, I want to grow to a higher level. He pursued and pursued. Now let's see from this passage. What can we learn about, Lord, I want to be serious about my growth. Show me how. Look at verse, verse 5. Now the first thing is, Open rebuke is better. In making the comparison, God says there's one thing that is better than something else. And rebuke is the thing. Rebuke. Corrections. Now, what is rebuke? To rebuke is to correct. To receive rebuke is to receive correction. To be convinced, convicted of something. Now, with the purpose of exposing my weakness, being shown and being told the areas that I need to improve in, and if I do improve in these areas, I will grow to the next level. Now, of course, when it comes to the spiritual realm, Rebuke is not simply, well, to be scolded, to be criticized. Those of us who may have to rebuke others, your, your, your children, your spouse, pastors to congregation. Rebuke is not just mere criticism, all right? It's very different. It's not just like we learned yesterday, envy, right? Envy. There is envy. So you want to rebuke someone out of envy. It's not, all, it's not this kind of things. Now, biblical rebuke has a purpose, a spiritual purpose to point, to point someone, well, for you, the receiving end, to be pointed away from my sin to repentance towards God. In other words, it has this connotation of spiritual improvement spiritual growth to restore 
someone to be restored if you're the receiving person spiritually. Uh, often we, we were just reminded on Sunday, the message, right? The five levels of church discipline. See, rebuke has an aim to discipline. It involves that. Begins with admonition. Then the next level, if admonition is ignored, rejected, it goes to the next level, that is rebuke. Rebuke. Stronger form of admonition. Now it's serious. Please take this seriously. By the end of the day, church discipline is not simply to expose someone, embarrass them, and then feel good about it. Church discipline is always to restore the person back to God. Restore the person to his walk with God. Get the person back in line. So God says that, well, if you make comparisons, then choose rebuke. You see, we don't like rebuke. We all know that. If you're honest. If I say, who likes rebuke? No one will put up their hands. Well, we've been studying the end times, perilous times, characteristics of men and even Christians in church. It begins with self-love. Because of love for self. Who likes rebuke? We like to be told that we are nice, we are good, we are doing well. We like flatteries, we, we like praises. Parents will see that in children. But God says, make a comparison and then choose. Choose rebuke. Now when a Christian does choose rebuke, he or she will fly in growth. It's seen over and over again. I cannot tell you how many times, and even when preachers gather and talk, pastors talk, it's always the same conclusion. Congregational members who have been told of their waywardness, of their errors, of their sins. Those that choose rebuke, they are the ones that really grow. They are the ones that from there on, you see how they receive God's word, how they change, how the Holy Spirit will use His word to now begin to guide them, correct them, they will grow to the next level. Very, very encouraging, very, very amazing. But at the time of rebuke, very often in the room they cry, very hurt, very sad, maybe even angry. But then when they think about it and then they say, all right, I, I got to receive this, I choose this, I choose this. How they become very useful after that. Before that, they were in certain problems, made them useless. But when they receive rebuke into their lives, oh, how much benefits, spiritual benefits, they reap. But those that are too proud, they usually, sadly, I would say almost always, go down the drain very quickly. We have seen that in different churches, in our church as well, no different. There are some today that are no longer with us. They don't like the messages, they don't like the corrections, they leave. Go to unsound churches where their sins are not dealt with. I'm not saying that we're the only sound church in the world. But I'll choose one. I make comparisons and I choose one. This church won't cover these things, won't deal with these things, won't talk to me about these things, they go there. Very soon, they stop attending church. Because as long as you refuse to receive counsel from God's Word, there's only one direction the Christian will go. Remember, it's always downhill. Always downhill. That is why God says, open rebuke is better than secret love. We will learn what secret love is. Yesterday, I was just told about a, a church member who has left us. I think maybe a couple of years. 
left because would not receive counsel over something. I still remember when I counseled this person, the person simply says, can you just don't preach on this thing? Just don't teach this thing. Because when you do, then my, my life looks wrong in front of everyone. Can you just don't cover this area of rebuke and correction? The person was more concerned about how people view the person rather than improvement, rather than growth. Make the comparison, I choose my sins. Just stop teaching that. Yesterday, someone was telling us that this person has gone through divorce. Divorce. Both persons were in our church. Divorced today. I just did a quick search on the internet. What's happening to them? It was very grieving. I don't say this with joy. It's very grievous. I remember them so much. I remember their children. Very endearing children. They loved the word. They want to grow. So I just did a search. What's happening to this family? And the heartache got worse. The photograph of the teenager, practically half-naked, posting on Facebook. A child that was very, like your children here, very, very modest, one to come for Bible studies. You see, when we choose, when we choose to resist and refuse rebuke, there's only one path for the Christian. Where else would you go? Only one path. Destruction. Yesterday we learned about fool's wrath, right? This person was going through that very angry, indignant, resistant. Destroys the person, destroys the family. So rebuke, God says, choose, rebuke. After you make the comparison, choose, rebuke. Now what can we learn? What can we learn? Well, the first thing, say, Lord, I want to grow. I'm afraid. Because there's only one path. The Christian life is, we always say, is on a slope. You're either climbing, there's no standstill. You stand still for one second, very soon you slide back. It's always paddling, 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 scaling, clinging onto and pushing up. Stop, slide back. I remember when I was on a round island canoe trip, right, a certain part of the open sea. But other times you just paddle, then you can put your paddle down and then just watch the sunset, very nice. But at a certain part, we were warned. Uh, when you reach that part, you must only paddle. And when you paddle, it only keeps you stationary. You have to paddle very hard. If you do not paddle very hard, you will be swept against the rocks. Well, by the time I reached there, I was already very tired. I was paddling. But I was just stand, standing still. I was thinking about this is true. And I just rested for a while. I got swept against the rocks. The canoe smashed. I thank God that I survived it. I couldn't believe it. It was smashed up. No, I do not know how I survived that. Definitely, I shouldn't say that I do not know how. The Lord protected me with His hands. I still remember my gloves were all cut. I say, if I weren't wearing thick gloves, that would be my hands. That's a Christian life. You are just with claws, fingernails, just pushing and pulling the moment you stop. Satan is just waiting there to kick you down. Now, but the thing about this rebuke that we have to realize, Lord, I want to grow. I am willing to accept rebuke. Really? I want to grow. Really? But God says now this rebuke is an open rebuke. Open rebuke is better than secret love. It is not any rebuke, it's open rebuke. Now, what should we learn from that? Well, first, what is this open? Now, this open will mean that make naked, make naked, expose the kind of rebuke that exposes me, makes me feel like I am naked before God, before... I'm not asking you to take off your clothes in church, yeah, please. You feel that way, so embarrassed. There is this rebuke. You must look and be willing to receive 
this kind of rebuke. Look for this. There is no couching, no shrouding, no covering, no sugar coating. Are you really, really wanting to grow? Then this other kind of rebuke, God says, will help you. You know, like even when you're choosing a coach, when you hear, oh, this coach is, is really tough. It's really tough. But I know the results of this coach. You just say, I'll go to him, right? Parents, the same. You choose something for your kid. Even though you know that that coach is, is well-known to be very tough, you say, that's the one. That's the one that will do the best for my child. Now, also don't say, well, okay, I learned how to give rebuke now. And I go and be um, rude, go and be um, unkind, without grace, with envy, that kind of rebuke. No, All right, this openness is, there is this genuine frankness that really tells you plainly, right? Plainly what it is. No sugar coating. Now, that's the difference between sugar coating and gracious, all right? We need to be gracious, we need to be loving in giving rebuke. Um, but let me ask you, if, if the rebuke was not gracious, hmm? teens, your mom, your dad tells you something, not in a very nice way. Everyone's rushing to church, to school. Everyone in a hurry. They have no time. All right? Then say, do this now. Told you before. Do it. Let's go. Would you say, if you tell me in a nicer tone? On the receiving end, we must also learn. All right? Not to pick and choose. If you tell me nicely. Now, this is, I think, a very big problem today. The age that we live in is so centered on self. If you tell it to me in a way that is nice, that, I, that, that suits me, that pleases me, then I will change. If you don't tell me in a nice way, well, I won't change. I change because you, of the way you tell it to me. Are we like that? Do not be like that. Open rebuke. Take it as it is. Take it as it is. Now, now that we know that that is what it means, that's why you often hear, well, the naked truth, right? What it means. Yeah, it's plain, it's clear, you see everything, right? Nothing hidden. The naked truth. The truth hurts. The truth hurts doesn't mean you go hurt people. The truth, yes, it, it would be blunt. It would be blunt. Now, when you know that, then the first thing we must learn, Lord, I want to grow. First thing I must learn, Lord, because this rebuke is an open kind of rebuke, I must not be defensive. All right, the first thing to learn about growth, I want to grow, is don't be defensive. You see, if you're defensive, you will never grow. If the coach tells you, do it this way, you say you want to be better in doing this, they say, no, do it this way. Make this change. But you're very defensive. No, I still think this way is the best. Sometimes the coaches say, then why, you look, why do you look for me? You're so defensive, you can't see, you won't receive. Now remember when the Apostle Paul had to rebuke the Apostle Peter for his error. Read it. No mincing of words. Very factual, exactly what Peter needed to know and was told to him. Right? We did not read Peter resisting, being defensive. Now we know the Peter in the in the Gospels, the account, right? Someone that is hot-headed, quick with his responses. No such thing. No such thing. He learned. Will we learn? Will we learn? Will we have foolish wrath instead? Defensive leads, defensiveness leads to foolish wrath, indignant. Now it's quite encouraging yesterday when we were having dinner with um, the, the teens. They visited our chalet. This boy was trying to open his drink, all right? Then he was trying to pull out the the straw 
And he got stuck, he cannot come out. And he was getting very agitated and irritated. Then I heard him mumbling to himself, I was trying to hear. He said, no foolish rough, no foolish rough. <laughs> you see, if we take the word of God to heart, you say, I, I got to apply this. I am always like that. But I got to learn, no foolish rough, no foolish rough. All right? Then finally, when I say, all right, do it this way, he won't say, no, not this way. He won't let me do it for him. All right? Do it this way. Comes out. Then he broke it in to drink. Then the more he picked it up, <laughs> I think spurted off the straw on him on the floor. No foolish rough as well. Right? Now, see, when, when we are like that, told as it is, accepted, we, there is a lot of benefit in us. Right? So, first one, learn not to be defensive. When people point out our areas of improvement, the whole point about I want to grow means I want to improve. If I want to improve, I know I need to know areas that I need to be improving. Please tell it to me plainly. Right? Now, if you and I are someone that that is defensive, then let's resolve in our heart in this camp, Lord, I accept rebukes, but now I want to accept open rebuke. I want to accept that. You must know your trigger, all right, so to speak. If you know that, actually, Lord, I have been like that. Every time dad and mom tells me something, my first reaction is be defensive, all right? No. Sometimes before you even finish the sentence with someone, no. But I haven't finished saying what I want to tell you. It's no. Right? Immediately the defenses come up. Or even as an adult, maybe we are even more defensive than children because we feel, I'm an adult, you know, don't tell me. Children may still be a bit more humble. I am a kid, alright? But as we grow older, this becomes a big problem. Growth are often a problem for, for us as we grow. Not only just in age, but in spiritual age, not just physical age as well. Now that the world has a saying, can't teach old dogs new tricks, right? Set in the ways. Set in the ways, my way is the best. So we, we, don't, we become defensive. So you must know, Lord, I'm the kind who will always rebut, will always defend, will always explain, rationalize and all that. Then they, Lord, I will not talk. I will not talk. Maybe learn like that boy. No foolish wrath, no foolish, don't be indignant. It is open rebuke. Take it plainly. And have this mentality. Lord, I want to grow. Lord, I want to grow. Now once I took some coaching lessons on certain on a particular game, um, it was like that. I, I felt that this is how I should do it. This is, this is how it's always worked. But because I keep reminding myself, my aim is to grow. My aim is to improve. Now, if that were the case, why don't I just keep quiet and listen? Why don't I just keep quiet and accept it? Right? So that's the first one, defensiveness. Defensiveness. My friends, if you are not a believer yet, you have heard the gospel many times. Many times the Lord has been merciful to bring it to you. Are you still very defensive, very resistant to it? Do not be like that. We've heard so many times the gospel being explained from Sunday to today in our main thematic messages. Why do you resist? Why, why do you keep saying no, 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 no? There's only one path for you as well. The path is the slippery slope, very slippery one, down to hell. There's no other way you can climb up this slope except through Christ. Well, defensiveness, this is the first one. Now, but the other thing is this. Now, this rebuke, besides being open, this rebuke causes something. Look at verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. It causes wounds, right? So the second thing, if you say, I want to grow, is to accept that there will be discomfort. There will be things that goes against my flesh. It will be abrasive to me. It may even be quite painful. Quite painful wounds. The Lord says it's not only this rebuke is not only open, it opens up certain wounds. 
makes it very sensitive. Very sensitive. Then in this area, when we realize that I will not be defensive, I will now learn to accept, accept pain, accept discomfort, accept that these things will be like that. Every change of improvement is, is uncomfortable to the flesh. But if you want to grow, that is how it's going to be, right? You send your children to some of these uh, extracurricular activities, swimming or whatever it is, you tell them the same thing. They come back and say, oh, it's very painful, I don't like this. You've got to go through this pain, no pain, no gain, right? We tell them that. The muscles are growing. The changes are uncomfortable. Accept this. Accept this, embrace it, live with it. The, the improvement will come. Every time you think, the person said that to me. Then you get angry. So I'll stop being defensive, I'll accept it. It goes against my pride. Yes, I'm proud. Humility, 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 right? So, now the second thing about this accepting is, now notice it says, look at verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds, we see faithful after us. Wounds of a friend. How do you like that? One friend, many wounds. <laughs> One friend, many wounds. I think that person is the pastor, right? <laughs> One pastor, so many wounds on you. One parent, so many wounds throughout the day. Correct? One good Christian friend, so many wounds from the Christian friend. One person. Now, it must remind us, I must accept various kinds of wounds. There will be different kinds. Don't just think, I like, I, I, this kind of, of um, rebuke, I can accept. But there are certain ones, that, wound, that kind of wound in areas of my body that I do not, I cannot tolerate, I reject it. I don't want it. We must accept various kinds. We can't pick and choose. If you want to pick and choose as you're being trained to improve physically, it's the same. Uh, the whole, your whole game has to change. That's what they say, right? Not just the kind that you like, that doesn't grieve you. Now also remember, wounds do heal. We just keep remembering, this is temporary. This is temporary. The other kind, I don't like that, but this is temporary. Let me bear it, let me go through it. Now, there are things that you have been told many times before. You still want to resist. I don't want to change in that area. You say, go through the pain. I don't like it, but let me make that change. Let me humble myself. You know, the thing about rebuke is this. Very often, so as, as long as you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Somewhere deep inside you, if you are a true believer, you know, you know there is truth in that but you rationalize all the time. Don't come to that point, my friends, because your conscience will become seared. You will begin to accept it and say, just move on. Now, but the next thing is this, is verse 5. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Secret love, better. Make a choice. Which one is better? There are some that will wound you, that will be painful. You want to grow? You must be honest and say, Lord, this is the area that I know if I deal with it, I will grow. Maybe I give this illustration. When I had to, when I went through a major operation, there, there were stitches on me, all right? There were stitches on me. I don't like stitches. I just don't like the sight of it. It looks very frightening and scary to me. I may not feel the pain, but I just see, you know, stitches in there and then it's stretching the flesh. It's just very gross to me, right? So what's worse than that, to me at least, is one day I have to go and remove the stitches. <laughs> one day I have to go and remove the stitches. I can think, oh, the pain. So I had to go, right? Turn up at the clinic. 
then between doctor and the nurse. Say, uh, you want the nurse to remove it or me? I say, a nurse. <laughs> because I always think, doctors, uh, to them, they're so used to it. Nurse, nurses look kinder, you know, seem to be nicer. I said, nurse, nurse, nurse. Right? So I said, okay, go, then, go to the next room. So I went to the next room with the nurse. I tell the nurse, I don't, like, I don't like pain, you know. Can you just be very gentle? Take your time, take your time, all right? And because in my mind, doctors, no time, tick, 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 put it out, right? So take your time, it's okay, take your time. All right, so she was very kind. Ah, slowly, 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 all right? The nurse looked quite, you know, elderly, like very gentle person. So very slowly, so she removed, was ah, not so painful. We were quite happy. Right? So I chose the right one. One that will not give me so much pain. All right? Now, but then when I went back, I felt something is not right. I tried to look in the mirror, all right? I just keep feeling that there is something still in there. But on the outside, I can't see it after a few days. So when I went back for another appointment, I told the doctor, I said, you know, I, I feel that there's something wrong with, with the stitches, stitch removal. I still feel like a lump in there. And then he asked me to turn around. Doctor said, turn around. Poke. <laughs> Poke. Yeah. The nurse did not remove one stitch. Second cut pain. So, <laughs> like, oh no, and this time the flesh has grown over the stitches. Who do you want to remove? The stitches. Who do you think I chose this time? You, 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 right? There is secret love. We, we prefer. We prefer to be with people. We prefer comments. We prefer um, um, areas that, well, hopefully I can soften the pain. Not so painful. Well, this time the doctor just made a slit and pulled it out. It was painful. But the problem was fixed. Open love. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds. How would you choose, my friend, if you really want to grow? Now, nowadays, if I really want to get something fixed, I say, doctor, doctor. I've learned. I'd rather, he's rough. But you see, the thing is this. Secret love, the nurse was really kind. I'm, I'm not, I'm not criticising her, right? She was trying to make it as less, as less painful for me as possible. That was what her intention was. Doctors are different. Uh, sorry about doctors. <laughs> sorry about doctors in our midst. It's a commendation, all right? Doctors want to fix the problem, all right? If they have to fix a problem or make the patient feel good. I presume doctors will say fixing the problem is my priority, right? When I'm fixing it, the good doctors will be, I'll be also gentle as much as I can, right? Well, people with secret love, they may be friends, they may be nice, but they're not useful. When you make the comparison, you have to bear that in mind. What church would you prefer to be in? What messages do you prefer to hear? Those that will deal with your sin, or you leave the place feeling very good with yourself. Now again to the unbeliever in our midst. The aim of preaching is not to make you feel good about yourself. The aim of preaching is to make you realize, face that very uncomfortable thought, I am a sinner. I need to be saved from eternal judgment. Preaching is meant to be painful in that sense, uncomfortable for you, but the results are good. You know, when I first came, after preaching, very often someone who's no longer in our church will come up to me, I need to give you some feedback. I say, yes, no, please do. Preach more encouraging messages. All right? I say, okay. So every time I prepare, I try to prepare it to make it more encouraging. All right? Then it happens again and again. Then I was scratching my head. I said, encouraging. But I was very encouraging. You know? I still remember. I think, I don't know whether Reverend quite remembers. Now, the person actually brought someone else and brought me to the back of the church and scolded me. Right? Now, what always happens, whenever they want to scold me, it's the toilet at the back. 
right? So every time I look at that area during BZB, I say, oh, same area, right? <laughs> ah, after they're building an extension, still there. Good. It's a good reminder. I even, after this, well, maybe there's really something wrong. So, Reverend Craig, do you remember I sent you my message? I don't think he remembers. I sent him my whole message because I have to type it up for an interpreter. Right? So maybe I'm not encouraging. Send him. Then Reverend Craig say, yes, biblical, yes, correct. Keep preaching it. Keep preaching like that. Now, then later I realized what many people mean, many Christians mean when they say, I want encouraging messages. Encouraging messages means when the congregation come, don't rebuke. Say things that they like to hear. Say things that when they leave, they feel very lifted up. They feel that God loves them. Meaning, God wants to give them everything that they ask for. They will be very encouraged. Wow, you know the thing that I prayed for? Wow, you know the thing that I want for my child? The promotion or whatever it is. I'm so encouraged. Today God told me I'm going to get it. To them, encouraging means when I leave the place, I feel very loved. God loves me so much. Now, don't misunderstand me. I hope that I can preach about God's love and make you know His love so much. That is something that I pray for, that we know, that we may know Him experience, know His love. So I'm not saying that preaching is not meant to help you feel His love. But encouraging messages to many Christians, open it's not open rebuke, it's make me feel love means God loves me. The emphasis is me. The emphasis is not God's love. Then how can I fail Him? How can I betray Him? How can I be disloyal to Him? How can I not return Him my life? It's not that. Because preaching, encouraging in scriptures is open rebuke, means I, I leave this place, I'm encouraged because God has shown me my sin. God must still love me. You know, children, when your parents say, all right, forget it, I won't tell you anymore. Don't walk away, walk out of the room, yeah, good daddy and mommy, not, it's not going to scold me and rebuke me anymore. Walk away feeling very sad. Back then, I said, I don't care about you anymore. You walk away encouraged that Lord showed, Lord, the Lord showed me my sin. I'm very encouraged because now I know how to walk closer to God. I'm so encouraged. So, encouraging is to encourage you to walk closer to God. And in that process, there is rebuke. Because to walk closer to God, exposing, there must be some exposing. What areas that is preventing you from being closer? So God says, well, these are open, rebuild. They are also wounds. Alright? So I hope that we begin to be like that. Don't immediately be defensive. Now please don't think that I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. Very often it's like that. Alright? And the spouse says something. The first thing is, defenses come up. You know the trigger? Learn. Listen, accept if we are wrong. Want to know more? Tell me more. Yourself, don't tell me anymore. Right? I want the secret love. Now then, the next one is this. Look at here. Lord, I want to grow. I want to make beneficial choices. But here we see the word faithful are the ones. How do you view wounds. If you want to grow, how do you view wounds? Now, wounds are painful. Ah, sorry. Yeah, wounds are painful. But remember, they are faithful. Faithful. Now, what is this faithful? It means it's trustworthy. A faithful friend is someone that you know you can trust. Faithful counsel is something that you have to trust in. Now, faithful then tells us we need to embrace it. Opposite of being defensive, resisting, pushing it away, embrace it, even if it is painful. Like I told you, right? Nowadays, when I go for injection, all right? Well, before I came over as well, 
In Singapore, they have uh, this, 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 this thing. They're training nurses. They're training young nurses. All right? So they need them to give injections, so they need so-called guinea pigs. So every time you go for injection, all right, uh, that one is opposite. I know doctors are very experienced, no pain. Learning nurses, I always say, sorry, I hope you don't mind. I prefer not to be with the nurses, all right? Because you trust. You trust the skill of the doctor. And then you embrace, please be the one. Embrace it. Now, whenever we hear messages, I always wonder, why is it, why is it that the same message can, can affect someone and so much change happened to the person, so much changes happened to the person. But the, the other person said in the same room, heard the same message, but nothing happens. But the person needs it. Because we don't embrace it, we don't, we don't trust it, we don't love it. Now knowing that it is faithful, the second thing besides embracing it is have an honest, honest evaluation of ourselves. Be honest about it. If you know the Word of God, the counsel of God, the Word of God is the best counsel. You know it's trustworthy. Then, even if it is uncomfortable, even if, remember, it, there are wounds, means this is a new area that is opened up to me. Really, I've been living my life all this while. I learned this in other churches all the while. Why is it here? Yeah, but I see it in God's word. But, you know, I, I still doubt. But when, I, when I'm asked, why do you doubt this plain and clear? I cannot explain, but I, I, I'm still doubtful about it. You cannot grow because there will be new wounds that the Lord will bring. Would you embrace it? You stop growing. I stop growing. Because we like to cruise in our comfort zone. We don't want new areas that are told to us, Lord, this is pretty good already, not the way I bring up my home, the way I live my singlehood. Lord, I think this is pretty good already. This is as far as I would go. We don't trust that the Lord God's way is faithful. Now, you know, there is one thing that I also want to clarify. We always tell you, the only way to grow is through God's Word. It's the only thing that can help you grow spiritually. That is a known fact in scriptures, alright? But don't think that we are saying this. As long as you study God's Word, you will grow. Unless you trust God's Word, you can take all the FEBC courses, attend all the Bible studies in church, do all the family devotions, read, do your quiet time all the time, have read the Bible through and through. You say, well, I think I've done it. Absolutely not. God says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Unless you are willing to expose yourself and say, Lord, show me. The people that come to church and they grow are people who say, Lord, show me, expose my sins, new areas. I want to grow. Your word is faithful. So the faithfulness of God's word means you trust it, you will embrace it. No amount of preaching, receiving preaching and studying the word will change you a single bit if you don't say, Lord, faithful are your wounds. You won't grow. Those we were just having breakfast this morning and talking about something close to this. And they say, if you want to grow, you know why some people in church, they grow? Why some people in, in, in church, after a message, after a camp, they say, wow, I learned so much. I don't even know where to start to deal with my life. So much. That is why you set aside reflection time. But some go, yeah, same, same. Uh, you know, when you talk to them, how do you find camp? Uh, the same. Oh no, after this, everyone's going to know what to say and I ask. I was kept, right? Say, ah, oh, the same. Say, why is so big a difference? Now, those that pray, those that pray, Lord, please feed me at this camp. Lord, please deal with my sins. I want to have an honest examination of my heart. Your word is faithful. I would dig deep inside me and ask, Lord, is that me? Your words are trustworthy. 
Your words are dependable. Is that me, Lord? Show me. Those that pray before they go for Bible studies, those are the ones that God will speak to. So I use the analogy at breakfast. You cooked all the food on the table, right? Not unless the child, the child will see it, everything. Everything is there. You took in everything, like studying God's way, you take in everything. Sausage, egg, and now you know what you eat. Sausage, egg, bread. You take in everything. You see there. But unless the child says, no, a child is a child, right? They can't reach it. Daddy, can you please give me this? Daddy, can you please give me that? Then it gets on the plate. Then the child is, then the child begins to grow. It's the same with God's word. Do we ask God, God, can you please give me something that will cut me in a new area that I do not know about, that I need to grow in? Because Lord, I'm serious, I want to grow. Those that pray, they learn the most. Those that come already with defensiveness, resistance, and every time that same wound that God says, I'm trying to deal with this, you shut off. You blank out. Same thing, it's the same thing again. You steal your conscience. You steal your heart. Faithful are the wounds. Do you, do you think they are faithful or they're irritating? You know, friends, when we receive God's word, know that God brings it to you. There are so many times, I've said this many times, you know, I want to move on from the passage, but just the Lord just keeps bringing back to bringing back me, me back to it. Sometimes I already prepared another message, but there is no peace of heart. Before I leave, maybe like half an hour, one hour, I just do another message. The burden. Why is that? Someone in there. God says, I'm preparing this for you. For you. God is a very faithful God. He brings faithful counsel. He knows that that is the area that He will reopen the wound because that is where you need to grow in. He will bring it in again. You know, I was still wondering whether to preach this passage for various reasons. Then on Sunday, I don't know whether Ryan quite can remember, you quoted this, faithful the wounds. To me, that was, well, I have a piece of heart. I'll preach it. Right? I had some other passages I was thinking of. Now then, if we are honest, if we dig deep inside, the third thing about faithful wound is this, my friend. Now sometimes you hear a message, and then you think, pastor is attacking me, right? Or maybe children at home. Something is said, they didn't want me talking about me again, about that again. Or singles, friends, with friends in church. Someone brings a topic up. They say, ah, see the people are attacking me again. They're all against me. They're talking about it again. Now, when, if you believe that the wounds are faithful, trustworthy, for you to embrace, then just search your heart and say, well, maybe... <laughs> Maybe genuinely, it's, it's not fair. It's not a fair statement. All right? Maybe it's not a fair statement. But very often, it is not even about you. All right? But if you feel that it's about you, and you feel that it is not a fair statement, would you still say, well, God's counsel is always faithful. There's always something in there that is useful, trustworthy. Would you examine and say, Lord, maybe, yeah, yeah, at least this area, I think I can improve in Pastor seems to think this about myself. Very often, I'm not thinking of you. Those people that I'm thinking of, of they, never, they never accept anything, right? They, 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 it doesn't occur to them that it's trying to help them. But even if you think it's not about you, but say, there must be something in there that is useful for me. Something. Now, how willing are you to be like that? Faithful are the wounds. There must be something faithful in there. You know, it's not a very fair statement about me, but there's something in there. You know, I hope the person doesn't mind me sharing this. Recently, someone was struggling with something, I did not know what, right? And the person said, well, Pastor, I thought you were preaching about something about me. And I, tell, I told him, honest to God, you were not on my mind at all, because this was a recent message, all right? It was totally about something else. The person said, I went back, well, it, it troubled me a fair bit, all right? 
So I thought that is the problem. So I said, okay, then let's talk about this. But it was not the problem. The person said this, you know. But I went back and I thought about it. Well, whichever case, there must be something in there that is useful for me. It, it should not be about me, but there, there must be something in there that's useful for me. The Word of God is always faithful. Then the person examine, 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 and then said, I think I need to work on this area. And the person got very serious, went to search all the Bible passages about that area. Because he believed the wounds of God are faithful, are good. Search all the passages. He said, I want to deal with this. See, from something that was angry, anger, foolish wrath, but the person said, faithful wounds. I make comparison. This is better. It will help me to improve. Even if it is about me or not about me, so what? I can improve. Now, this is exactly how God says, if you want to grow, that is what you and I must be. Same for me as a pastor. If you come up to me, pastor, you know, this, 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 I think it's not very nice. I must be the same. The most we think we should be spiritual, sometimes it's worse. We must accept it. Now, so what happened after the foolish wrath message? Did you go back? You know, dear, can I talk to you about this? Did I create arguments at home? What was it like? Maybe even your child say, you know, mommy and daddy, you know that anger of yours? What happened after that? No breakfast. <laughs> no snacks. But all the snacks there, no snacks for you. What happened? What happened? Now, will we, will we embrace? Will we say, this is faithful? It is good for me. Now, we move quickly, all right? We move quickly. Now, then the next thing is this. Now, notice that now God says, verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Friend. But the cases of an enemy are deceitful. What's the next thing we must learn? Thank you. Now, friend. This word friend is not the usual word for friend. Alright? There's a different word for friend. As in friend, brother friend. Now this word friend is actually love. Love. A person who gives love, to love. So it's interesting. The person that brings you that rebuke, the thing that we have to learn if you and I want to grow serious about it, is to see behind that rebuke and see the friend. See the love behind the rebuke. See the love behind the rebuke. God did not use the word friend. He used the word love. Right? Of course, it's, it's a bit difficult to translate that way, but this is what it is, a friend that brings love to you. Now, you know, very often, we see the person that God uses to bring, to bring rebuke to us as the enemy. We mix it up. We mix it up as, as long as it's abrasive to me, it is wounding to me, it is uncomfortable to me, this is an enemy. This is an unloving person. That's why pastors always get branded, unloving. Why? Because we preach about sin. See the person who is willing to go out on a limb, you know, go out on a limb, means take the risk upon himself, go through the extent, willing to take the risk of risking friendship, risking that you'll be angry at the person, risking being spat at, being scolded. The person goes out on a limb to tell you that. You know, it takes a lot of love, genuine love, to do that. Appreciate that. I speak to the teens again. When your parents correct you, they prefer to not to do that. 
pastors are the same. We prefer not to have to correct you. Then it's always nice between us. It's always friendly between us. It takes a lot of love. See behind that. Now the Lord says, you don't have to turn that, Proverbs 12, you know that. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. Alright, in the New Testament, God says that very clearly. Don't look at them as enemies. They go out on limb and then we mix up anything that is painful as unkind, unloving. Now then, you have to remember this. You are really angry at God. You are really angry at God. The counsel is from God's word. Your argument is with God. When you get angry, you see, it's very easy when we receive rebuke to just try not to think further than that. It's the person. It's critical. There he goes again. If deep inside we really ask ourselves, actually this is from God. But we don't want to go there. We avoid it. Know that it is love. Now, the next one. Now God says, kisses of an enemy are deceitful. If you want to grow, if I want to grow, don't like kisses. <laughs> don't like kisses. Now, kisses meaning to say. Kisses is, is, kisses make you feel good. Make you feel loved, make you feel appreciated, right? So, make you feel good. Now, I'm not saying that we should not um, be friendly, be kind, and make people feel um, welcome and all that. Please don't interpret it that way. But don't be someone, if you want to go, don't be someone that says, I want to hang out with friends that do not talk about spiritual things, that do not talk about things that affect me. I don't want to be them, with them. I love to be with people who just talk about everything, all the carnal things of the world because there, with them, none of my conscience get pricked. Teens, what kind of friends you choose in school? In church, the same. Don't think church is any different. I want to hang out with people that don't talk about these serious things. Now, what kind of friend are you? I'll go on holiday with you, I'll go on trips with you, I will, I will eat with you, I will play games with you, I'll go out with you, I'll hang out with you in church. But I, I won't deal with your sin. You know what it is, the person needs to deal with. I say, but I want to be the friend that offers kisses. No more than that. Very shallow friendship. You like such friends? You don't like people who tell you as you need to hear but let's close quickly then it says kisses of an enemy a deceitful enemy now here again this word enemy is not the usual word for enemy all right the word is hate hate to hate meaning to say someone who actually would not would tell you nice things only you choose these people, but God says these are actually your enemies. They actually hate you. Please know that. If you want to grow, you must come to that realization. Now, Leviticus 19.17, we covered that in one of our prayer meetings briefly. <clears throat> Since the Old Testament, God says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother. So he said, Thou shalt not hate. Thou shalt not hate. Right? He said, Okay, we learned that commandment, Thou shalt not hate. But Hear what God explains is hate. Thou shalt in no thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor. Hmm? Rebuke is not hate. You must not hate your brother. You must make sure when it's needed, rebuke your neighbor. Why? And not suffer sin upon him. If you like friends. If you like parents, if you like churches that do not tell you this, your sins, you actually want to be surrounded by enemies. 
You know, nowadays when I preach, I just want to make clarification on time. Because after that, I receive a text and say, so pastor, you're saying that we must go around, you know, making sure we rebuke, 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 then I am loving, then I'm friendly. Of course, we're not saying that, all right? What we're saying is, now when there is a need, you must be, be willing to be that friend. And when you have such a friend, see behind it, see the love. People who tell you that they're not your enemies, please know that. Your parents are not your enemies. Teens, as you grow, you always see friends are my enemies. You know, when I was young, when I played with friends, I still remember a phrase that someone said to me. So we play, play then, you know, say, hey, you mustn't do that, you know. And one of my friends said this, if, if I wanted my father, I will go to him. You know what he's trying to say? My father is the one who keeps correcting me. I want a friend, all right? I'm here to play and have fun and not think about these things. If I want a father, I'm, I won't come to you, right? Enemies, don't see someone who tries to help you as an enemy. Someone was just sharing the other day, trying to counsel this person, trying to help this person. But the person say, sees it as enemy. Constructive criticism to help was seen as attack. Seen as attacks. Don't look at this as attack, alright? They are deceitful, not trustworthy. Which one would you want to trust if you want to grow, my friends? They all depends on how much, how serious you are to really want to choose something that brings you spiritual benefits. Let us close in prayer.